You're listening to BG Mania for March 21st, 2018. On with the show. game music podcast found right here on level down games i'm brian joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of long island frank what it do everybody what it do before we get into the excellent music and the spotlight composer that we have lined up for you today we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box and all of our videos, and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or other podcasts, we've got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, Glow, and Revisiting the Classics. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. We're always looking for additional requests for upcoming episodes, including Radio Hour and our themed weeks. You can also send us general questions or thoughts related to video games or gaming music, or even personal questions related to myself and Frank. All requests will eventually make it into the show, and any good question will also also make it into our recordings on top of this a cool thing we're going to start doing if you subscribe to us on youtube follow us on twitch and leave us a review on itunes we will send you one or two crappy steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy steam games here's the thing about frank and myself we like bad games we want to start sharing our love of bad games with you so if you sub to us on youtube follow us on twitch and that's twitch.tv slash level down games and leave us a review on itunes let us know through twitter or bgmania at leveldowngames.com and we will send you one two or maybe even more crappy steam games all right man it's time episode two of the spotlight composers that we have planned through 2025 <laughs> um we decided to go with yoko shimamura for this spotlight uh spotlight composer episode because dude she's very important like she is very important to the video game industry she's very important oh, to the video 100%. game music industry uh she's been at it since the late 80s and she's still going strong she's been going since like 88 89 and yep. she is still going strong to this day doing full compositions full soundtracks 
Uh, she's one of the only composers left from that time period, from the late 80s, early 90s, that still does full games to this day. Obviously, there's some others. Nobu Yamatsu's still out there doing full games as well. But, um, you know, a lot of these people out there, you look at uh, Koji Kondo, a legend in the industry, but he doesn't do that many games anymore. Like he he does he does chip in some songs here and there for Nintendo games and he had a few things I think on the Super Mario Odyssey OST, but he's not doing the full thing anymore. You have people like Yoko Shimomura; she's out there still doing full compositions, still doing full works, and it's impressive. I mean, the, the she did Final Fantasy 15 two years ago, and she's working on Kingdom Hearts three right now that's coming out um, in a couple months. So oh, yeah, yeah, a couple months. So the opening track we heard there was your pick. So what was that? That was a title theme from The Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, uh, a game we actually did a retro game rewind. Uh, it's one of, one of her, her earliest works. Um, just just a, a little history of Yoko Shimomura herself. Yeah, so I want to do with what we did with the Tommy Tallarico episode. We did a lot yes. of like facts about her, took a step back from the music and a back from the yeah. games. I want to talk about her this episode. So Yes, so, so uh, she attended the uh, Osaka College of Music and she graduated as a piano major in 1988. Okay. So. Uh, and when she graduated, she, her intent was to become a piano instructor, and she was offered a job at, at, the, at the local piano store. But a little fact about her is, much like Tommy Tallarico, she was a gamer. Yeah. Uh, and so she sent some of her samples out to uh, video game companies, and Capcom invited her for an audition and interview, mm-hmm. hired her right there on the spot. Yep. She's one of the her, original Capcom composers. And her, her family and friends and instructors were like, why are you doing this? You paid all this money for an expensive school. Why are you taking this job? She's like, no. This is what I want to do. And she took the job at Capcom. And she's made, she's contributed to the soundtracks of over 16 major games for Capcom alone. Mm-hmm. Not, not even, not a even lot, touching A lot of phone. those being back in the early and mid-90s, too. A good yeah. chunk of those being back then. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, like I said, she's, she's going strong. This song, I, said, I, I picked it because we, we did an episode of this. Um, for, the, for the Max Level podcast, yeah. Max Level podcast. You, you could definitely hear a little bit of a, a dream. Is your wish? A heart makes kind of made into her own composition here for the, for the title theme, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense because it's a Disney game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she, she's very special to me. Uh, it's special to Brian, too. Like, so many of my favorite games mm-hmm. are backed by Yoko Shimomura. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, she's, she's it's definitely, crazy. She's it's definitely crazy up when there. You up, when you crack open her, like, her catalog of everything she's done, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, that's one of my favorite games. That's one of my favorite games. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. Yep. Uh, as you'll hear as we go out here, I'll be picking just games that I absolutely adore that she has just made better th- with her musical skill. Right, right. Um, yeah, and obviously for, for someone like myself who's a big fan of Japanese role-playing games, you know, and, and those types of adventures and RPGs and whatever you may have you, and, and older stuff too with the retro games, she's just been around for so long and been doing this for so long, and obviously, like I said, Kingdom Hearts 3, she's, well, you'll hear some stuff later in the episode from Mario Luigi, some stuff from Final Fantasy, some stuff from the Mana series, so she's just, um, I, I actually did not pick anything from Xenoblade Chronicles, because that's one of the ones where it's hard to find out what she composed, what oh, Team yeah, Ace sure. composed, what, um, you know, what, what composers did what, so I chose not to go to Xenoblade Chronicles, because I definitely wanted to ensure that everything we play on today's episode was 100% composed by her because this episode is all about her and in celebration of her. So let's kick things. Let's kick to to my first pick. Um, we're going to go with the I was going to pick something from her very first work, which was Samurai Sword on the NES, but I couldn't find anything that I liked. And then you were going to do something from Final Fight, which she did on the arcade. And we started listening to that soundtrack and the song that you picked. And it just 
The arcade version just doesn't sound as good as it did on the NES and, you know, within that period, which, unfortunately, the NES version was not composed by her. Obviously, that's no no knock on her for the arcade version, just the arcade chips don't sound as good as the NES exactly. chips. So I'm going to go to the next game on her list of work, which is so the, the earliest thing that we have. So we're going to a game called Codename Viper. This track is Area 05 and Area 06. Area 05 and Area 06 from Codename Viper. Codename Viper, obviously this was published by Capcom. This is when she was still working at Capcom. This was released on the Nintendo Entertainment System here in North America, March 1990. But the actual day is not known, just March 1990. Codename Viper looks very much like... Yeah, now, you've played this, right? Because I've not played this yeah. game. But I know it is a side-scrolling action game. It looks very much like a Contra clone, almost. Pretty much. That's a, good, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. Um... The description of the game, it obviously tells here that how you're taking control of a special forces operative who must combat a drug syndicate in South America. So the game, and like I said, looking at screenshots and videos of this game in action, it does very much look like a, like a clone of Contra or maybe even like um, uh, Rolling Thunder, something like that. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's very much it's, like it's, that. It's very, 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 very similar. Just take out the elements. Right, 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 right. So... Speaking about Yoko Shimomura, she is considered the most famous female composer in the video game industry. And that's saying something, because obviously there's a lot of female composers out there. But in terms of how, how famous they are and, and that kind of stuff, she is up there at number one. And that's not, I mean, that's just, that's just fact, man. She's just insanely popular. She's, and she's good at what she does. So this is how she's climbed to climbed to fame so quickly with at Capcom, you know, then she went and worked at Square Enix for a while. So she's just good, man. She's just good. And I'm glad that she's considered the most famous female video game composer because she deserves it. She 100 percent deserves it. Without a doubt. I mean, I said I when I, when I, I have always known of Yoko Shimomura, but when I did a deep dive into her catalog, holy mm -hmm. hell, man. Mm hmm. Yeah, if and, I, I, and I've always known how extensive it is. I'm surprised you didn't realize. You know, because you, you grow blind to it because you play so many games. Sure, 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 sure. You know, but like, or just digging through, I'm like, that's my favorite game. That was good. That's a favorite game. That's a favorite game. You can't have so many favorite <laughs> games. Come on now. Is your cap. In fact, for my next pick. Is this another one of your favorite games? One of my favorite series, which you are well aware of. Yeah, um, I know. Mega Man. Yeah, I know. Uh, she, she, only could, she only gave one song to the Mega Man genre this is Mega Man 5 but it's one of the best of all time this is Wily's Fortress 
was the Wily Fortress from Mega Man 5, starring super fighting robot Mega Man. Who's that? Um, he is a genre of game. Yeah, he's a genre. <laughs> <laughs> he's a franchise, he's not a genre. So let's, let's, let's transition some Yoko Shimomura facts. So, mm -hmm. on her personal website, she lists her influences as Ludwig van Beethoven, Friedrich Chopin, and Maurice Ravel. Uh, and she also stated that um, she really enjoys his lounge-style jazz, which you can, okay, okay. Definitely, you can definitely hear that in some of her compositions. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Although, when you listen to her catalog, like, it's mostly, like, rock and electronic and, like, ambient kind of noise, so it's it's weird that that's her favorite, where she definitely takes a different route in her own in her own deal. Right. But I get, again, I mean, I, I could definitely see how, you know, Beethoven and Chopin could definitely be influences, because... <laughs> She's just a piano person. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say, because she, I mean, she studied piano since the age of, what, four or five, so, you know, that's just basically... I, I really feel like those ones, they're not cliche in terms of someone that studies piano, but they are very popular to go to for, for piano enthusiasts. So They're the, they're the Beatles of their... Pretty much, yeah. The Beatles, the Beatles of classical music, for sure. For sure, for sure. So, well, all right, all right, all right, all right. I guess I can, I can move to my next track, which I'm excited to play this one, because we are going to a, a Game Boy game by the name Ooh. of Gargoyle's Quest. The track is Breger's Castle. Castle from Gargoyle's Quest. Gargoyle's Quest came out on the original Game Boy here in North America, July 1990. So again, we don't have an exact date, but it did come out in July 1990. This was developed and published by Capcom, so while she was still working at Capcom. And this is part of the Ghosts and Goblins franchise, which is a game, and it's, well, not a game, but a series that I'm very familiar with. I love those games. 100%. I love, that. I love that entire genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Gargoyle's Quest is something I actually have played, um, but I've never actually finished. That's so. where you play as Firebrand, right? Mm-hmm, 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 yep. Yep, absolutely, Firebrand the Gargoyle. <laughs> Which is why it's called Gargoyle's Quest. And he is... Go figure, right? Yeah, he's trying, <laughs> he's trying to... Uh, oh, man, what is he trying to do? He's trying to basically carry on the namesake, and I'm trying to remember how this game went. It's been so long since I played this game. Was he like trying to become like the, the top demon? I think so. I think so. And he was trying to basically fight against the destroyers. Oh man, this was was this the original Ghost and Goblin? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Was it? 
No. He was in the original Wizard Goblins, though. No, 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 he was. He was. Um, because he made his debut in Ghosts and Goblins as an antagonist, and then you played with him in this game. And then this was followed by the prequel on the NES, Gargoyles Quest 2, in 1992, which Yoko Shimamura did not work on. And then um, there was a another sequel to that game called Demon's Crest in 1994 on the Super Nintendo, which again she Freaking. did not do. Which she did not do. And I didn't play that. I haven't played that one. Um, I'm assuming you have. <laughs> I'm assuming right, you have. But uh, so a little bit more about her here. Moving on from from the music and the games, she draws a lot of her inspiration from things that basically move her emotionally in life, much like me. So, um, you know, how, how I always talk about like getting goosebumps when I listen to music or or that kind of, or, or when I play an emotional scene in a game or something like that. She draws inspiration from things like that. Anything that causes her to feel emotion will give her inspiration for her upcoming soundtracks or upcoming works. And she also comes up with most of her songs when she's doing something outside. Um, and as uh, like instead or, or outside of her regular routine, so to speak. So her regular routine is basically working on these compositions. So when she's traveling, going to conventions, going to doing kind of stuff, or just going on vacations, she tends to pull stuff from there, and that's where she gets a lot of her inspiration for that. So when you're listening to things, you're basically listening to her express herself through emotion, which is the work of a true artist. I think. I mean, a lot of these people when they write lyrics or songs. Um, you know, they get typed from emotion. That's why some of the best songs are emotional songs, in my opinion. But that just means she's amazing at what she does, as I've said before. And she is. Um, I mean, I think at, at this far in, we were a couple quick tracks in, I'd be remiss not to mention one of her biggest, most well-known franchises she's worked on. Okay, what's that? Uh, when she went in Capcom, when she joined uh, Alpha Lyra, she joined up and started doing the music for Street Fighter 2. Okay. Uh, Street Fighter 2 is probably... I think this is probably the thing she... Well, this and Kingdom Hearts. Yes, this and Kingdom Hearts is what she's really known for, uh, above above and beyond. But this is probably her most recognizable soundtrack of anything she's done. Um, And when it comes down to Street Fighter 2 songs, in my heart, there's really only one song you can play here. And that's Guile's theme.
and that was Guile Stage from Street Fighter 2. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. <laughs> that is the best. I mean, the, the, as the meme goes, Guile Steam goes with everything, and it really does. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and just, just hearing it, you definitely hear her love for jazz music, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You can hear the trumpet. You can totally hear the trumpet. And I, I cannot hear this song without hearing the game in my head. Okay. I just, I, I, I'm picturing fights. I'm hearing Sonic Boom, Hadouken. Like just, <laughs> That's funny. It, it, it's just weird to me to hear it without those noises. And like I said, this is such a part of my gaming life. Street mm -hmm. Fighter is such mm -hmm. a big thing with me. That's why I'm so disappointed with Street Fighter Five stuff. Sure, um, sure, 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 sure. I've been carrying this music with me for the better part of 20-something years. Mm -hmm. um, everything she did in that game was just pure friggin' magic. Yeah, Guile's theme's good, but I mean, then you have to think of, like, Ken's theme and Ryu's theme. They're also great themes. Great songs. It's, it's, everything was good. I just I just literally went for her most iconic song. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, because I, I tried to spread it out among series. I, I didn't want to just... I, I could trust me, we could do the whole episode of the Street Fighter music without even question. <laughs> we probably okay. will do an episode dedicated to Street Fighter in the future. We probably will, so... I mean, I, I, I really could, I could have stacked. Brian literally told me, he goes, you got a hard limit on how many things you take from each series. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I want to spread it out, dude. I, I want to definitely... Um, I agree. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I definitely want to, you know, show... And I feel like there's so many games that we're not even showcasing on today's episode because we're only showcasing 16 games. She's done more than 60, like you said, so... Yeah. Um, you know, there's we're, we're leaving out an, an three-fourths of her work, so... <laughs> I mean, and this is, you know, listen, Capcom wanted to keep her on for yeah, as long did. as humanly possible. They did, they did, you they know? did. Um, I think she only did one more big game... Actually, a few more big games after that. A couple more, a couple more, a couple more, and I actually have two of them on my list. So, my man, I, yeah. I actually, I actually bar, bar, had two of them on my list. So, we'll uh, we'll move into the next one that she did. So, I, I actually legitimately put mine in order of release date. So, the, we're gonna move on okay. to the next game on the list for me, which is the King of Dragons. This track is the main theme. <laughs> was the main theme from the King of Dragons. Again, this was developed and published by Capcom. It came out in the arcade here in North America in 1991, and it was also ported to the Super Nintendo in April 1994 here in North America. Um, funny enough, she actually left 
Capcom right after this game was ported to the Super Nintendo in April 1994. Was the last thing that she did for them was the, the SNES port. So, um, kind of cool. But obviously the original version was the one that released in arcade in 1991. And the track you heard there was from the arcade uh, soundtrack. So, I, I didn't pull the Super Nintendo. I went with the original, which was the arcade version in 1991. Um, and this was... Uh, this is a game that I did play. It's a side-scrolling hack and slash. Another one of those types of games. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of this game. But I think you said you actually enjoyed this. I enjoyed this game, yeah. It was, it's, it's not the best game, of course not. Um, but it was, it, it's definitely a good game. I would give it like a 7 out of 10. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I don't know, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, it obviously, it was ported to the SNES in 94, but this game also appeared in the, the arcade version, appeared on the Capcom Classics Collection Volume 2, which was released for the PS2 and Xbox back in November 2006. And then it was also on the uh, Capcom Classics Collection Reloaded for the PlayStation Portable. So that kind of goes to a callback a little bit to what we talked about on the Max Level podcast on the, in the main discussion. But it, it's a little bit different because Capcom isn't a platform holder. So there's no like Capcom, you know, console out there. So Capcom is just a studio, a, a publisher. So I, I definitely see why they would do a, coll a collection like or like the Midway Arcade collection that they used to put out or, yeah, you know, exactly. like the Namco Arcade. Like those are a little bit different. But uh, if you if you're interested in that discussion, go look at this week's episode of the Maximal podcast. It's episode 35. I think it is, if I remember correctly. Uh, go, go take a look at that and you'll hear our discussion. But um, back to Yoko Shimomura personally. She believes that an important part of her creative process, so not just the creative process in general, but her creative process, is to try to convey a subtle message that comes from the imagination and sticks with you without being too specific about what it means. So she prefers this method over writing simple themes with obvious methods. So she likes to leave things very vague. She likes to leave things very you know, up to interpretation. It's up to the person listening to interpret what they think this means as opposed to giving a clear-cut thing for what it actually means. So so that's why, again, just uh, that's just the mark of a true artist, I believe, is just being able to do that. And, you know, like just like composing from emotion and giving inspiration, being able to do something where it can have multiple different meanings, whether who's listening to it or not. Like, you know, I could hear one track and think something. You could hear the tra same track and think something totally different. I love that. And I love that she's versatile enough to do something like that. Uh, she's she's amazing. Uh, I, like I said, I know her for two big series. And... The other one, of course, being Kingdom Hearts. Okay. So after she left, after she left Capcom, she did go to Square. She did, she, did some other, she did some other stuff for Square that we'll get to as we go through here. But uh, like I said, Kingdom Hearts, I feel, is her juggernaut role up there with uh, Street Fighter. And this is my personal favorite song from Kingdom Hearts. This is Atari Kingdom Orchestra.
that was Hikari, the Kingdom Orchestra from Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, like I said, I love this. Uh, Hikari is Japanese. It means light. Uh, obviously, you, you, you heard what is the pickings of the song, Simple and Clean, in there. Yes. You also heard, you also, you also, you also heard a little bit of a, you know, a, a, the, the reprise of the actual main theme in there. It's, it's so freaking... Uh, it's so haunting. It's, 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 I, 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 it's hard to come. It's hard to come with words like how, how it makes you feel when sure. you hear this. Sure. It just it, it just takes me back to playing Kingdom Hearts again. Of course, as it should. I mentioned again. Again, I mentioned before. I had zero interest in playing when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I did not care about this game whatsoever. I'm not a JPR. I'm, I'm never really was a JRPG guy. Um, I was a Disney fan, but my sister picked it up because it had Disney characters and. I started playing it and I fell in love. Like it's one of my favorite games of all time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hold like one of the highest regards, and this is something I would never give it a chance. And the music of this game is probably the this is the, this is the first video game I ever physically bought the CD for the soundtrack. Okay, wow. Okay, wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I literally took my trip down to they used to have CD stores back in the day. Uh, this place called Sam Goody I went to. But it bought this CD. Also bought Master of Puppets because someone had destroyed it. Because she's the devil. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I said I'm gonna just keep being a death, but I love Yoko Shimomura. Mm-hmm. I would marry her on the spot. Okay. 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 Yes. Okay. Her husband would probably kill me though. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we can go to my next track from the catalog of her impressive music, and I'm gonna go with I think the last Capcom game we have on the show for today. So I think everything else after this is um, potentially Square. Square, probably. Yeah, Square or Nintendo. So um, we will go with the Breath of Fire franchise. So we're going to go with the original Breath of Fire. And we're going to listen to the only track she actually composed from that game. She only did one track from that game. That one is Trade City.
And that was Trade City from Breath of Fire. Again, that's the only track she actually composed from the Breath of Fire franchise. Um, but this series, man, Breath of Fire, what a great freaking series this is. And it's unfortunate that it's really relegated now to mobile devices and we'll probably never see another one on the PS4 or PC or Switch where we should be seeing them. But uh, especially with the resurgence of, of JRPGs in the modern era, uh, I would. I really wish Capcom would would kind of put some money behind the Breath of Fire franchise and try to bring it back, man. I really wish they would. Um, this came out on the Super Nintendo, August tenth, nineteen ninety four. So um, great freaking series, though. Great freaking series. Which again, that's why it's the only thing that she actually uh, did for that game because she was already on her way out. So she was yeah. already on her way out from Capcom, which is unfortunate. I mean, it really is. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely unfortunate, but. Um, is what it is is what it is so yeah she uh it's it says here that towards the end of her time at the company being capcom shimamura begged to contribute a piece to capcom's first attempt at an rpg because this is the first time that capcom released a jrpg which is why she really 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 uh, wanted breath of to fire be was the first one breath of fire was capcom's first entry into the jrpg uh franchise or genre so that's why she really 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 wanted to be involved with this game so she basically begged them to let her contribute at least one piece to this game which is why they let her do um trade city so after that after she really wasn't able to do much else in the game she after says here after so many years of composing arcade action games it inspired her to want to explore her range with further rpg projects and because obviously capcom really wasn't diving too much into the jrpg genre they they really weren't having her work too much on breath of fire she left capcom to join the premier rpg developer squaresoft at the same time this was coming out so she actually joined Square in 1993, but she was still doing some stuff for Capcom after the fact. Um, she, she, she actually joined them in, in it doesn't say the month, but they actually has here that she left Capcom and joined Square later in 1993, but still contributed to the King of Dragons SNES port in 1994 for Capcom. And she did this one track for Capcom for Breath of Fire in 1994 as well. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. But uh, speaking of Square. Okay. Uh, probably the latest entry in our series here is over spite letting. Uh, no, 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 I don't actually, I don't think so, but I'm going to say no. Okay. Well, I'm picking something from final fantasy 15, which came out November 29th, 2016. Okay. Then, then, uh, no, it's definitely not. Okay. i just wanted to make sure because the, the, I have something from 2017, so. All right, nice, nice, nice. Uh, this song is Apocalypsis Aquarius.
that was Apocalypsis Aquarius from Final Fantasy 15. Um, That's a great piece of music right there. That's a great piece of music. She started working on the composition for this game in 2006. Isn't that that crazy to think that she spent a good 10 years? Mm, No, she didn't spend 10 years working on this composition. You don't think so? No, because video game soundtracks, she wasn't working on it the entire time that Final Fantasy 15 was in development. She probably started on this 2012, 2013, maybe? No, no, she, she actually said 2006 we started writing this. Then she was probably done with it by 2009 or 10. She probably did, um, she probably went back to it after they changed some things and added some stuff to the game as it got closer to release, but she didn't spend tw- 10 years working on this soundtrack. I don't know, it's a pretty good soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack, but it doesn't take 10 years to compose. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't have a musical bone on my body. No, 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 no. She, uh, she definitely would have, um, she would have probably continuously worked on it, maybe here and there between those 10 years when they did, you know, when they made a new area or a new encounter or something like that, they would have hit her up to make a new track for it or center something like that. But consistently working on it for 10 years, not a chance, not a chance. I listened to the entire soundtrack for Final Fantasy 15 because I wanted to get something contemporary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy to not hear Nobumatsu's original music for this. Sure. Uh, just because I'm playing the, you know, uh, sorry, you know, the, yeah. the original Final Fantasies for revisiting the classics, which is another show we do here on the Down Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's weird for me not to hear his music, but to hear her music. You stopped hearing him sense. after 10, I think it was. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's still a good chance of it. Yeah. Um, but it fits so well, like with this game. Of course, like, yes, I, I, yes, 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 yes. And, and I haven't played much of this game. I've only I played it in little clips and pieces here. But everything is just epic feeling, and it's very nothing is out of place. That's true. Except, That's true. Except for when you have to play three player and you're playing, you know, trucker racing music while you're fighting something crazy. But that is either here nor there. Sure, yeah, but you don't actually yeah. have to do that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's just fun for the for, for the player if they want to change up the music. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, or when you're driving in the car and you can listen to some classic tunes, which is which is which is a very cool feature as well. No, nah, she she did a damn good job in the soundtrack, and uh, I applaud her. And I mm-hmm. can't wait to see what she does next. Kingdom Hearts three. Well, I can't wait for that. <laughs> next, I, I mean, next, next. Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, let's, see if that game, let's see if that game ever actually comes out. It's coming out this year. I have been saying that for years. It's finally coming out this year, though. The, the same person that leaked the, the Monsters, Inc. and that we would get a new trailer in February also said we would get a release date at E3. So it, it's coming this year. It's coming this year. But... Uh, Let's go ahead and take a listen to the first thing she ever composed at Squaresoft. So from Live a Live, this is Captain of the Shooting Stars.
was captain of the shooting stars from Live a Live. And that's just how I pronounce it. I think it's called Live a Live. That's how I would, that's how I say it. So if it's Live Alive or Live a Live, I don't know. Live a Live. Right? When you were young and your heart was open up, you should say Live a Let Live. Oh, yeah? Is that, is that, is that how it goes, huh? Um, this game came out on the Super Famicom in Japan, September 2nd, 1994. It has never officially been translated into English. It has unofficially been translated through ROMs and that kind of stuff, but uh, it has never officially been translated into the English language. So this is an exclusive Japanese RPG over in Japan. And in fact, um, GamePro, back in 2011, GamePro included it on the list of the 14 best JRPGs that have never been released in English, adding that uh, there was a rumor that the game was originally slated for a US release, making its absence here sting all the more. So this game actually was supposed to be translated into English, but for whatever reason, probably because they came out late in the SNES's life cycle in Japan, they just decided never to actually, you know, spend the time to localize it here for the for the English audience, which is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Um, this, this game always looked really cool to me. I remember seeing stuff like that because you're you're following these different chapters, and there, I think there's like seven or nine or ten different chapters in this game, which they each tell the story of you know, different characters and they can be played in any order. So you're, you know, different genres like Western science fiction, mech. I mean, they all have their own plot setting and characters. So these are all like interconnected stories that really can be played in any order and, and don't have a whole lot to do with each other, but sometimes they do. And, um, what's cool is that in one of the first challenges of Yoko Shimomura's versatility, she was asked to score in a different style for each one of these different scenarios featured in the game. So she had to, for the Western scenario, she had to be a Western style. For the science fiction, she had to do science fiction. Um, you know, for, for the mech, she had to do mech. So it was kind of cool. And, you know, it even says here that she offered an oriental feel on the Kung Fu chapter, uh, filled with you know, all these, like, power rock tunes, different that kind of stuff. So she did so much for Live a Live, different styles, eight, nine, ten different styles. And she just did so much. Um, she said that she felt an eclectic approach was justified given the diverse imagery of the game, but also incorporated unifying features so that the game was well characterized as a whole. Um, so like catchy battle themes from the title into a synth rock medley for a bonus single, um, things like that. She, so she tried to tie it together a little bit by some of the overarching battle themes and, you know, some of the motifs that you hear throughout, but with a different style for each scenario, which is kind of cool. I wish I would actually been able to play this officially. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we get this localized one of these days. Maybe, maybe. I mean, yeah, there's, pl there's plenty of companies out there that are trying to redo all these old uh, NES, SNES games. Yeah, so, 100%, 100%. Well, uh, speaking of games from the Super Famicom era. Okay. Um, I wanted to pick something from Super Mario RPG. The Legend of the Seven the Stars? Into the Seven Stars. Um, <laughs> this is another one we could have picked so many different songs from, but when it came down to choosing, I had to go for the one that is most iconic to everyone. And this is going to be The Forest Maze.
and that was Beware the Forest Mushrooms. Wait, is, wait a second. I thought we were listening to Forest Maze. Well, it is the Forest Maze level. Of course it is. Uh, and with a song like this, you almost kind of want to get lost in the Forest Maze, and boy, did I ever. <laughs> she does such a great job of Mario RPG. Yeah. I has... really wish they would redo this game for like a modern a modern audience I, oh, that, that would be great i mean yeah. you know me I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of reboots remakes but this game needs it by and far it does it does oh I, I, you know I, I remember actually beating culex of this game you know an, an optional final fantasy boss mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome maybe if uh, uh maybe if gino actually gets announced for the super smash brothers on switch maybe we'll I'm actually s- get a, a you know what? Now said this it. game now that you said it i'm still upset I'm still upset that he was just a costume for the me. Yeah. In the last game. <laughs> that, that was a slap in the face. I'm of course still it was. About that. Of course it was. But they knew what they were doing. Of course they knew what they were doing. I, I, I honestly, I don't even mind if they have like a combo character, Gino Mallow, just like you do um, for uh, Duck Hunt. Yeah. Or with a uh, or or Sheik Zelda. Like, I don't care. Sure. Sure. Just put it in there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Son of a gun. Yeah. Uh, but I just I went to the YouTube page of this one because I just wanted to say I, I came across an awesome comment I, I just felt like I had to highlight it okay uh, the, the the user whose name is uh, Koopanik he goes fine cool song look up who made it Yo Mamora, not even surprised <laughs> I, that's that's, that's about as straight into the point as you can get <laughs> yeah yep everything that she's pretty much done has been really cool and it's just like Oh, man, her as I just talked about with the with the live a live track, her versatility is insane, and we're gonna see that next here with with my next pick because just her what she was able to do with this game and the soundtrack is absolutely incredible, and you're, you're gonna be amazed with this. So let's take a look at Parasite Eve, the track "Se il mio amore sta vincino," and I probably pronounced that wrong, but that's okay.
than that was Se il mio amore sta vencino from Parasite Eve. And what does that translate to? If the one I love is near or if my beloved is near. Okay, okay. So obviously that is Italian. That is an opera. And uh, what, what's actually really, really cool about this this piece of music and Parasite Eve in general, um, there were there were two opera pieces here, uh, Influence of the Deep and Se il mio amore sta vencino. The vocals were done by Judith Cirilla, and Judith Cirilla is an incredible soprano singer. Um, I was looking at her her bio and her 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 website and just some of the things that she has done uh, and, and continues to do. So she's she's still active. Uh, it's it's incredible some of those things. And like as soon as I I was listening to that, and I went to her website to look up some things that she's done, and some of her other pieces of music started playing at the same time, and I was blown away while still listening to the piece from Parasite <laughs> Eve. So it's just Judith Cirilla is definitely a a powerhouse soprano opera singer. It's, it's really really cool. Um, but what's interesting here about Parasite Eve is that Yoko Shimomura created her most experimental score to date by mixing striking operatic synth vocals, pulsing electronica, haunting ambiance, and melancholy piano work. Uh, all of this combined enhanced the intensity of this cinematic game, which Parasite Eve is a very cinematic game. I don't know if you've ever played Parasite Eve 1 or 2, but Parasite Eve in general is a very cinematic experience for a game. And all of this gets supported by that inorganic feel and these urban locations and the music that's being played in the background. Um, the soundtrack was made more accessible by the inclusion of three recurring motifs and the ending music that was sung by Shawnee Rigsby. Um, Yoko Shimomura said that she subsequently headlined the game's electronic remix album by creating an expansive piano-led interpretation of the theme of Aya. Uh, what's kind of controversial, though, she did not return to work on Parasite Eve 2. A lot of people wanted her to work on Parasite Eve 2 as well because they fell in love with what she did with Parasite Eve 1. But she was replaced by Naoshi Mizuda because of her heavy workload at the time that, that Yoko Shimomura was working on. So they had someone else do the soundtrack for Parasite Eve 2. And it actually was mired in controversy because of that. A lot of fans wanted Yoko Shimomura to return, but she wasn't able to. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, Par Parasite Eve in general, man. So that's a that was a different type of game for Square Enix back in 1998. Like you know, they were more you know kind of like if you look at like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII, which was out around the same time, and then some of the other stuff that they were working on. Parasite was definitely a step in a different direction. Yeah, it's it's not even close to what they normally do. No, it's definitely a step in the different in a different direction. But it's always cool to see a company do that, and uh, like I said, it's it just once again shows her versatility. That's definitely the theme of this. Yeah, that's definitely the theme of this composer spotlight is just the, the, how amazing her versatility is. Because everything that we've listened to, while it's all amazing, none of it's really sounded anything like anything oh. else. Like they all sound totally different. And uh, I'm going to take it back to another game that I love. Okay. Kingdom Hearts Two. Okay. Um. I would actually hard pressed to find a song on this one because I, I had narrowed down to about seven of them. Okay. And again, and, and Brian wouldn't let me do all seven. Well, yeah, because then you'd have one other track and that'd be from Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, so... <laughs> I had to end up going with The Encounter. Enjoy.
And that was the encounter from Kingdom Hearts 2. Such a great game. Oh mm -hmm. my god. I cannot wait for the third installment of this to come out in 2020. It's coming in like six months, dude. Chill. Calm down. I can't. I have no chill. I will not calm down. I don't, <laughs> believe, this I don't believe this game is coming out. I'm gonna get. We're gonna have an episode of Max Level soon. You're gonna have that look on your face that I hate to see. But like, we have another delay to announce. Nope. All right. And nope. then I'm gonna throw my it's PC across the room. <laughs> it's not happening, dude. You're gonna get to that point. Where we're gonna say, you know, as, as we get ready to move into the new releases for the week of whatever it is, and we have a big thing to talk about here, and that's that Kingdom Hearts Three is releasing on. September 21st, 2018. Call it now. Even believe it. Call it now, September 21st. If it comes out September 21st, I will buy you the DLC. <laughs> okay. Remember that. Okay. Timestamp that. Make sure, Rem make sure you remember that for. Remember that. Listeners out there, remember that. Remember that. Hold me to it. I'll buy him the DLC. Mm -hmm. Buy me the game, too. No, it's so stupid. I'll buy you the DLC. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get you a nice, cute little costume for, for Sora. Okay, okay. That'd be cool. Horse armor. That'd be cool. Horse armor. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. Um, All right. Uh, you, know what, you know what's interesting about Kingdom Hearts? Is that that was Yoko Shimomura's final project as a resident employee over at Square Enix. So she still does things for Square Enix as a freelancer, but as an actual full-time employee working at Square Enix, Kingdom Hearts 1, not even just 2, but Kingdom Hearts 1 was her final project for Square Enix. Oh, wow. I didn't before, realize that. So yeah, she, before she actually went off and, you know, like and, uh, they, all these people, they go off and they're just freelancers now. That's why they work with so many different companies. Um, Nobuyu Matsu is a freelancer, too. I mean, all these people are freelancers, so they don't actually work at these companies anymore. They just freelance and, and, and work for whatever games they choose to work for. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts was her final project as a resident employee there. And she was actually scared and apprehensive about doing this project because she had no idea what music would be appropriate for a Square game and a Disney crossover. But she ended up knocking this entire series out of the park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said... This, I, there, there are so many songs. I listen them off the grinder, the break. Like, I wanted this song. I wanted this song. I wanted this song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. But yeah, the, the, the encounter just comes to such a great point in the game. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not even going to spoil for anybody who hasn't played. Even though it's an older game. But sure. The, 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 encounter, the encounter, when it kicks in, perfectly fits to where it belongs. Yes, it does. It does. It does. For sure. Okay. So, 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 so if, if you go back and play this, and we are going to revisit this classic soon. We will. We will at some point. Yes. We will be doing that at some point. So, uh, Absolutely. But okay, so, uh, um, what, 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 what do you got for me, Brian? I, I want you to wow me. I want you to hit this one out of the park. Let's go to another Square game because that's pretty much, I think, all we have left is Square games. Uh, well, no, you have a Nintendo game to close out. But oh, um, but uh, I have just Square games left, two games. So let's take a listen to a game that comes from one of my favorite franchises, and that's the Mana series. So we're going to go to Legend of Mana. This track is Colored Earth.
And that was Colored Earth from Legend of Mana. Legend of Mana, dude. Like I said, well, actually, just um, the Mana series in general. I really, really like this. I'm currently playing through uh, Secret of Mana HD on the PlayStation 4. And if you want to hear thoughts on that, go check out two weeks ago on Max Level. I talked about it this past week on Max Level as well. So, and I'm going to be talking about it again. Um, it's... I just, I love the Mana series, dude. I always have. I always have. This released on the PlayStation June 6th, 2000 here in North America. It released in Japan July 15th, 1999. So almost a full year before it came here to North America. It was developed by Square. This was before Square was Square Enix. This was still Squaresoft. So, and it was the, it was the fourth game in the Mana series following 1995's Seiken Densetsu 3, which has still never been ported here to, um, to North America, although the it, it supposedly is coming. Well, they're thinking about bringing it to the Switch in that second Densetsu collection, which we talked about on a previous episode of Max Level, which is possibly coming to North America on the Switch, which I would I would buy in a heartbeat because I've not I've never played that game. So yeah, it'd be um, nice to actually you know get the the whole series fi- you know finished out in English. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, what's what's cool about this game though is that Yoko Shimomura finally received an opportunity to score a fantasy title with this game. She had never got to score another fan. Like, Breath of Fire, while kind of fantasy-ish, it's not really fantasy. Legend of Mana is completely 100% fantasy. And this is the first time she ever got to score a fantasy title. In this, And obviously this was in complete contrast to her previous work, which was Parasite Eve, the previous year. So Parasite Eve being dark and gritty, Legend of Mana is a more magical and colorful world featuring all kinds of whimsical creatures. Um, her score revisited nearly every style that she had previously touched upon in all of her previous games, offering pastoral town themes, power rock battle themes, soothing spiritual pieces, amazing piano work, powerful orchestrations, and the ethnic-influenced vocal theme, Song of Mana, which is totally worth checking out if you haven't heard that yet. Uh, though the game was poorly received, the soundtrack remains Yoko Shimomura's personal favorite that she's ever done. So in terms of a complete soundtrack, the full soundtrack, this is her personal favorite that she's ever oh, done. Wow. And it continues to receive a lot of positive feedback after, you know, these 18 plus years that it's that it's been out. Um, what's unfortunate about this game, though, is that it was the last time that she really had consistent work with Square Enix 2 or Squaresoft. Uh, her career entered a lull and in, in kind of a down point uh, during her subsequent three years at Square through no fault of her own, though. She was assigned to create the lighthearted or- original scores for two unpopular and superficial spinoffs, the PlayStation's Chocobo Stallion and the Wonder Swan's Harutu Chocobo. Uh, she featured sparsely in album releases assigned to ver- uh, arrange Final Fantasy V's Dear Friends for Flute and Piano for the Potion Relaxed with Final Fantasy album that came out around that time. And then um, she did uh, Riku's superficial vocal theme, Get Happy, for the Final Fantasy X vocal collection. But um, this, uh, you know, she was pretty much in a, in a law period, and this was about when she got that point I talked about previously where she was doing the final project for Square, which would have been Kingdom Hearts. So that's the thing that she did last, so the thing that she worked on before that, like her last big thing before Kingdom Hearts was Legend of Mana. Everything she did before that, she just kind of really didn't like, and she kind of, she wasn't happy where she was at at the time with Square, which is why Kingdom Hearts was her last project with them, and then she would go on to do freelance work after that. Well, it, it sucks that she needs to leave on a high note, but... Yeah. Well, Kingdom Hearts is a high note, so... Kingdom Hearts is a very high note, so... Maybe the highest notes. It could be. It could be, and it's definitely what she is, you know, got her international recognition for sure for sure but uh what are you going to close us out with today well your last pick i should say you're not closing us out but what's your last pick for today well for my last song 
it's only fair that I pick the grand finale from Mario and Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story. the grand finale from Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story mm-hmm. uh, love the series of these games in fact this one's actually getting a, a remake soon it is yeah on the <laughs> 3DS uh, early next year they said right 2019 2019 yeah, yeah. it's also gonna have a special bonus Bowser Jr. should be yeah. with it yeah it seems cool I mean if, if you've never had the chance to play this game this is supposedly I've not played it this is supposedly one of the more popular ones in the Mario and Luigi series right it, it is. I played the entire Mario and Luigi series, which which Joko Shimura has done the entire yeah, she's done them series. All. She's done them all. Um, I think she really, really hit her stride with this this one right here. Okay, they're all just like knocked out of the park. Great tracks. 
uh, just me being the guy I am, I'm a big Bowser fan, I had to go with the final Bowser battle to, right. yeah, 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 yeah. to, 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 to close this out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, like, like we said, so like we said earlier she has so many different styles in yes. this game for yes. all the different scenarios it's it's crazy to believe that somebody can be so well trained to do from classical to rock to power balance every little every little thing in between mm-hmm. the country sounding songs whereas i play a keyboard horribly yep you only need to agree brad oh, okay Sorry. Um, no you dude you're great I am the best there is at what I do. Mm-hmm. Which is what? When I do, when I, I have no idea. Okay. Podcasting. Mm-hmm. I am the number one podcaster on the uh, YouTubes and on the iTunes. I don't know about that. In my heart. Uh, okay. 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 But it's but okay, Brian. Uh, I think you're gonna clo- you told me you're going to close it out with something special here. Yeah, I'm closing it out with something special because I'm closing it out with what Yoko Shimomura considers her favorite thing that she's ever composed her favorite track obviously i just did legend of mana which is her favorite game soundtrack that she's ever composed but that soundtrack itself doesn't contain her favorite piece that she's ever composed so that goes to back to the kingdom hearts series with dearly beloved so i'm actually going to be playing the kingdom hearts 2.8 final chapter prologue version of Dearly Beloved, which just came out here in North America, January 24th, 2017, which is why I said I I, I knew that, um, obviously, I had the most recent here with, obviously, Final Fantasy XV coming out just three months before that. So, um, yeah, no, this is definitely... It's, it's a very emotional piece when you listen to it. It's just straight piano, haunting melody, which, obviously, she's known for that type of stuff. She's known for the emotions that she's able to do, and, obviously, as she talked about when she gets influenced, she's influenced by emotion. So... It's fitting that her favorite piece is definitely one of the most emotional pieces she's ever done as well. And it is. It really, it really, really is when you when you hear this track. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about with Dearly Beloved already, um, it, it's amazing. And, and when I say Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, I'm actually pulling it from Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep. So the um, the it the transitional game between uh, Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts 3. So um, that that's why I chose I chose this version of the song and it's it's gorgeous, dude. I absolutely love this. But um, unfortunately, that is going to bring us to the close of this composer spotlight here on BG Mania. This Yoko Shimomura spotlight, where we took a look at sixteen different games that she composed and worked on throughout her career. And uh, I, I've been a fan of every single thing that we listened to today. And as, as we talked about throughout the episode, just her versatility, everything that she's able to do, and you just hit all, hit, hit it all on the head right there with what you said. Um, it, it's, it's amazing and impressive, and I hope she continues to go for the next 10 or 20 years, continuing to make these full orchestra, you know, full orchestrated soundtracks, full game soundtracks, because I really do, I really would like to see what she continues to do after Kingdom Hearts 3, whether that be the next Final Fantasy or whether that be the next, if there is another Kingdom Hearts 4, or if she goes off in a whole different direction and does something else. But I'm always excited when a new game gets announced and then her name is attached as the composer. That always really, really excites me. So um, we'll have to see exactly exactly where she goes next, but we do know that next up for sure is Kingdom Hearts 3, and ho- hopefully that is still coming this year. But... Uh, that's going to do it, unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we get out of here today. I think we said it all. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of BG Mania, where we took a look at the life and works 
of Yoko Shimomura. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, BG Mania is uploaded on, on iTunes and Google Play every Wednesday. Leaving us a rating and a review, if you haven't already done so on either iTunes or Google Play, helps us out tremendously in terms of search results. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at bgmania at leveldowngames.com with those requests. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find our main account on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information. And finally, over at Twitch.tv slash Level Down Games for all of our live streams. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by and remember if you follow us on youtube i'm sorry if you subscribe to us on youtube follow us at twitch.tv slash games and leave us a review on itunes for bg mania we will send you one two or maybe even more crappy steam games Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. And Revisiting the Classics, our weekly trip back to the past to play some retro games every Saturday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, Top 10 series, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Next week, we are doing Radio Hour Volume 9. It's time to go oh, back yeah. to some more Radio Hour. We're going to be doing an eclectic mix. We'll have a fan pick. We'll have a Jessica pick. And then you and I will each have five picks as well. Radio Hour is always an exciting episode. Um, I'm excited to do this one. This is going to be a good episode. I already know some of the stuff I'm picking, and I'm excited for this episode. I have an awesome rap song you're going to enjoy. DK Donkey Kong. No? Not that one? It's coconut guns. (laughs) (laughs) Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Dearly Beloved from Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage from the Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. They need to get better with their names. They really, really do. They really, really do. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.